Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachas, Yoridea, Chelek Aleph, Hilchas Giluach, Halacha Dalid. We're in middle of paragraph Yud Aleph. We're up to the subparagraph that begins with the words Vezer Bechinas Tzitzis. We dedicate the learning today, Le'ilu Nishmas Yosef ben Mazal, who is the grandfather of a close friend whose funeral is scheduled to take place today in, in America. He should be a Melitz toy for the family, for all of Klal Yisrael. And we dedicate the learning also for a complete refuah shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Yehudis Baschana, Gabriela Sora Bastalia Rivka, Chaya Brocha Basperl, Yaakov Yeshua Ben Freindel Rechel, Shlomo Nisim Ben Mazel, Avram David Ben Chana, Hinda Chasa Baschana, Miriam Esther Basore Gittel, Gittigenendel Basipoira, David Lei Ben Shena, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Soralea Bas Chavaliba, Avigail Brocha Bas Shirat Voira, Shirat Voira Bas Miriam, Jonas Ben Hilda, Yehuda Ben Soramaya, Chaim Arye Ben Brocha, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Tuv Yitzvi Ben Chayaliza, Yerachmiel Yisrael Doiv Ben Frumit Nechama, Eitan Yoel Ben Edna, Tuv Yitzvi Ben Chayaliza, Ami Ben Chai Ben Yehuda Skila, Rochaleya Bas Malkiida, Besoich Shar Choyle Yisrael. Rav Zal begins, V'zeh Bechinas Tzitzis. Everything we've been referring to so far in this halacha, and again, since the previous year, he switched to Torah Zion in Likute Maran, is all related to the topic of tzitzis. Sheheim tikkun halavushim. Tzitzis is a tikkun for all of our clothing. V'chol halavushim nimshochemehem. And all of our clothing draws its spiritual holiness from the tzitzis. And our main ability to draw emes, truth, and emuna, faith, into the world comes via the garments, as we spoke about in the previous year, as Rabbi Nezal explains over there in Likute Maran, Rabbi Nezal shows there that by performing the mitzvah of tzitzis properly, a person is saved from getting advice from the wrong people, and we're zeichet to receive advice from true tzadikim, whereby their advice is referred to as complete true seed. It produces only good. And through Eitzah Toiva, through proper Eitzah, to faith. So therefore we conclude that our main ability to draw truth and faith into the world is dependent on this mitzvah of tzitzis. Remember we learned earlier the posuk kol secho emuna that all of the mitzvahs of the entire Torah are about emuna. And we know that tzitzis is a composite of all the mitzvahs of the Torah. The numerical value of the word tzitzis is 600, and there are eight strings and five double knots. 
which is a total of 613. And the Gemara says, Uri, the Pasuk says, Uri Isam you'll see, you'll look at the tzitzis, Uzechatem es kol mitzvahs Hashem. You'll remember all the mitzvahs. What are all the mitzvahs? All the mitzvahs are emuna. All the mitzvahs are emes. Shehem bechinas tikkun halavushin. We said again that tzitzis are the tikkun for all the clothing. Umishom nimshachim kol halavushin sheboilam. And it's from there that all the garments of the world have their spiritual connection. V'alkein kol kiyum ha-toira toli And therefore, the, fulf- the entire fulfillment of the Torah is dependent on tzitzis. K'mayshikosu, as it says clearly, u're'isem o'isoi, you will see the tzitzis, u'zechatem es kol mitzvah Hashem. You'll remember all the mitzvahs. And it says also, Laman tizgeru va'asisem es kol that again, Hashem is giving us this mitzvah tzitzis so that we'll remember and fulfill all the mitzvahs. Ki kol kiyum ha-toira shibichinas emes vemuna zoichin al yidei tikun hamalbushin. Because as we explained in the previous year, the, the fulfillment of the entire Torah, which is the, based on truth and faith, is dependent on these garments, the tikun of the garments, which is tzitzis. And now, Rav Nosson adds, Ki hamalbushim bi'atzmon tzrichin tikun. Even though we learned in the previous year that the clothing is a tikun, that from the time that Odom and Chava ate from the Eitz Hadas, there was a need for clothing, there was a need for covering. And the covering is a protection. It's a protection from an evil eye, it's a protection from many things a person needs to protect, be protected. So the clothing is a tikun, and now, Rab Nosson adds, but ki hamalbushim bi'atzmon tzrichem tikun. And yet, the clothing themselves require tikun. They need something to, to purify them. V'tikunam al yedei hatzitzis. The tikun for all the clothing is through the tzitzis. Now, why does the clothing need a tikun? Ki machmas shahamalbushim heimibachut shel hodom. Because of the fact that the clothing is worn outside of the person, and therefore since they're outside, they're close to the Tumah, they're close to the Klippos, the forces of Tumah. The forces of Tumah are always referred to as Chutz, Chutz La'oretz, Chitzonis. Alkein heim ne'echozim b'shulei habegodim. That's why the Gemara tells us that the Klippos attach themselves to the corners of the garments. Kayodua, as is known, the Arizal writes about this in the Priyetz Chaim, in, in the section of Rosh the third chapter, Bebechinas, as the Gemara says, Hani mane derabonon debolu minaihu. These clothing that the rabbis wear that get worn out, especially in the corners, they get worn out, Minayu, it's from them, it's from the Shadim, it's from the Klippos, the forces of Tumah. Alkain, Tzrichim Lesaknon. So therefore we see that the clothing needs a Tikkun, it needs a protection. Al Yedei HaTzitzis, through Tzitzis, Shehem Tikkun Hamalbushin, which is the Tikkun for all of our clothing. 
It's through the tzitzis that all the clothing of the world gets its spiritual tikkun. And this is one of the major prerequisites and one of the major criteria to enable us to be able to draw Torah into the world, to be able to draw MS and Amuna into the world. What about women who don't wear tzitzis? The answer is their tikkun comes through the men. By the men, by each person doing their mitzvah, the mitzvah they're supposed to. It serves as a tikkun for everyone. When the women light candles for Shabbos, that mitzvah has a positive effect on the entire Klal Yisrael. When they keep the laws of Tara Samishpocha, purity, that affects both, obviously. V'zeh, paragraph Yudbeiz, V'zeh b'chinas isur lo'yil bashkever. And with this also, we'll have a whole new insight into the law in the Torah that a man is not allowed to wear clothing that's specifically for women, and women are not supposed to wear clothing that are specifically for men. Because there are garments of truth from which men's clothing draws from. And there are garments of faith from, when, from which women's clothing draw their spiritual light. Because as we learned previously, man and woman are rooted in emes and emuna, truth and faith. The men are closer to the, the, the concept of emes, which is the Torah. They have more of a requirement to learn Torah. And the women have a tremendous advantage in the area of emuna, faith. Now watch how Rav is going to explain this now. He's going to give us a whole deep insight into the concept of emes and emuna. When we are able to understand intellectually and rationally the truth about something, that's called emes, that's truth. That which we cannot understand rationally, however we believe, we believe it to be true, that's in the category of emuna faith. Rav Nosenthal says, because the, the most important thing about all types of knowledge and wisdom is truth. Because even if a person will give a very intellectual presentation, which would explain why the moon should rise during the second half of the month and it should set during the first half, the moon should become larger during the second half of the month, let's say, and it should become smaller during the first half of the month. If the reality is not like that, then his whole intellectual presentation is not so intellectual. It's not so smart. Other but just the opposite, who taught us it's a mistake, and it's foolishness. 
he prepared a whole proof to show how the moon gets larger during the second half of the month and, and gets small. And we know that in reality that's not the case. It's not true. And even all of the scientists and philosophers admit that true knowledge and wisdom is about being able to realize the truth about anything. If we're studying the human body, true knowledge of biology is, is coming out with the truth being able to know what's true about the ear or the eye or the different or the heart or the different parts of the body. If a person does a whole deep study and they and they say that the heart is round and we know the heart is not round. We have pictures of the heart and we've taken heart out of the body to see exactly what shape it is. So don't tell me you have proof you you can show logically and rationally that it's round when we know it's not. For example in the, in the knowledge of medicine, If a doctor will say, based on his study and knowledge, that if a person has this particular illness, they have to eat very sharp foods, very spicy, sharp foods. And that's going to cure them. That'll cure them, that'll definitely cure the person. And the person will, come, will be alive, will come out of the sickness and live. And the doctor will prove this with all kinds of proofs and deep, deep wisdom. If the reality is not like that, but just the opposite. A, a patient who followed the prescription of this doctor, his sickness became much worse, and he died He died through that prescription. That prescription killed him. And all the doctors that were involved in this case all observed that with every day that the patient was following the instructions of that doctor, the sickness got worse and worse until the person died. Then that doctor's knowledge is not considered knowledge. That's not real knowledge. Because based on his study and knowledge, he murdered, he killed the patient. And the same thing applies to everything in the world. If a person does a thesis and a study, you know, they have these studies, these reports that people write, and, and the person and the result of the reports is false, it's not true, the conclusions that that person came out with their report are false, that's not chokhmah, that's not true intellect. Now Rav Nusselsal takes this a step further. And even regarding learning Torah, the Holy Torah, which we know in many ways is considered the most important mitzvah out of all 613 mitzvahs. We say every morning, the Talmud Torah keneged kulam. 
Royenzois, we see this cancer. Sheyesh loimdim, shoimrim pshat godol bagamora, bagamora pirush rashi toisis, bacharivis godol. There are people who study Gemara deeply, and they study Gemara Rashi Toisvis and the commentaries, and they come out with a pilpul, a major, major explanation regarding a certain topic in the Gemara. Avalaf al however, despite the depth and the sharpness of this pilpul that they came out with, Misha Mestakel al Lamitoi, a person who studies that Gemara properly, really, really properly, Roye Shehapshat sees that this whole explanation that this person based their thesis on and everything is false. They misinterpreted the Gemara. They got, got it totally wrong. They read the words improperly. They, they saw a certain word that they thought means X because very often in Hebrew and Lush and Kodesh, the same word could have different meanings. And they interpreted the word as X and they built a whole beautiful, beautiful explanation on that, and, and they translated it improperly. Anyone who learns Gemara will tell you that's not what it means at all. He translated it, and he built this whole building with 12 floors and all kinds of questions on, on a false premise. Bevatai pilpul v'charifus kozeh enoi klom. That whole explanation, that whole thesis that the person developed is nothing. That's what the Gemara and many rabbis refer to as a pilpul of waste. And we do not establish the, the path in Torah to follow what that person came up with. But rather, the halacha will follow the true, the correct interpretation of that Gemara. Now, a person would say, but one minute. Even though our rabbis tell us that Hashem derives tremendous pleasure when he sees Jews sitting down studying Gemara and analyzing the Gemara and trying to come up with all kinds of new ideas and revelations from the Gemara that they're studying. Hainu im kavanosoi le'emes. That's if the person's intent in studying the Gemara is to try to get to the truth. What does Hashem want? What does Hashem want me to derive from this Gemara? What should I be, what, should it, what is it teaching me to do or not to do? The person's most important objective is to understand the truth of the Torah. And the person's analyzing it and going through that whole process of analysis and looking at the different sides, analyzing the pros and the, the different sides and the different ways to look at this topic and the different ways to analyze the statement of this rabbi and that rabbi. If the person's intent is to get to the truth, to know what Hashem really wants, Azai, Afal Pisha Adayin Enoi Emes, then even as the person's going through the process and they're making mistakes along the way, they're misinterpreting, they think that they think that what this rabbi means is this, but then they look into one of the commentaries and the, one of the authentic commentaries who says just the opposite. You misinterpreted what that rabbi said. He didn't mean that at all. 
It looked a little bit like that. I, I understand why you came to the conclusion, but you happen to be mistaken. Yesh nachas there, Hashem does get tremendous pleasure from that analysis, from that work that they're toiling in Torah, and along the way making mistakes, but their objective is to get to the truth. <coughs> because the entire Torah is truth. And and every iota of effort that a person puts in to study it and to analyze it and to try to understand it correctly. And along the way, they're making mistakes. All of that effort, the kavanosoyel emes, but their intention is to get to the truth, hakoil nikro emes. That entire effort, that week that they spent trying to analyze this and came up with all kinds of wrong conclusions along the way until they got to the right conclusion, all of that goes under the umbrella term of emes. All of that is part of emes. Me'achar she'oisik since the person is involved in studying and analyzing the Torah, umam and the person is trying to draw themselves to the truth. They're trying to get to the truth. It's just that they didn't achieve that yet to completion. A woman, a person who's practicing doing something, a woman's practicing how to bake chalas, and she tries it the first time and it doesn't come out right, and she asks her friend, what did I do wrong? Tell me everything you did. I did A, B, C, D, E. Oh, the way, the way you did E, you're supposed to do E was really supposed to become before D. Or E you don't really need in certain cases. If the dough is like this, don't do E. That's why it came out a little too, too this or too that. All of that is a learning, a healthy, kosher learning process. All of that is learning how to bake challah, which is a tremendous, tremendous mitzvah. And it's regarding this that our rabbis tell us in the Gemara in Gitten, page 43, it refers to the Torah as machshela. Machshela means stumbling block. And it says, This refers to the words of the Torah where sometimes a person will not arrive at the real truth of the Torah without stumbling first. You have to make mistakes first to get to the real truth. It doesn't happen in one shot. You don't get it right right away. Kids learning math, how to add and subtract. We know the kid is starting to learn and they add and they get it wrong. Is that a proof that they can't, they won't, they, they can't learn it? No. That's how it works. Until you get used to it a little and you get it right, you know how to carry the number and you know, People make mistakes. That's part of a healthy learning process. But a person whose ultimate goal and purpose is not to get to the truth of the Torah, but rather they're going through this analysis because it's a respectable thing. It's respectable to, to be involved in higher learning. A person who graduates high school and then goes out to work, they consider that person mediocre. A person goes on to university, goes on to graduate school, goes on to... 
That's, wow, that's a person who went for a higher education, higher education. Lahavdil in Torah, a person who's learning Chumash, Rabbein Zal writes in the Kutumran, a person is not considered a Lamdan. Lamdan means a real Torah learner until they're learning Gemara Rashi Toisvis. Until that's in Torah Shebaal Peh, that gives the person that title Lamdan. So again, there are many people who, who want that title. They want that, they want that respect that I'm a Gemara person, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an intelligent person, I'm very bright. I can learn Gemara and I can learn, and not only that, but I can come out with, I can make a pilpul on the Gemara. I can come out with a whole deep thesis on, on, on the Gemara, to analyzing all the size and coming out, revealing a new concept, that kind of thing. If the person is doing it because of kavod and gaiva, arrogance, Bishvil Sheyiskore Rebbe, so that people should call him rabbi, you know, in, in, as a form of respect. In order to be arrogant, or sometimes even to be able to, to show that he's smarter than the Torah, to, to disprove what other rabbis say, to show that, that this is what this rabbi said, but I believe differently and I can prove it. And the person comes up with pilpulim of nonsense, which are not geared towards the real, true, accurate interpretation of the Torah. That person is not smart. That person is not called chacham by the Torah. Because his intellect is taking him off track. He's deviating from the proper interpretation of the Torah. And that person does not get to understand the true interpretation of that portion of the Gemara or that halacha. That's when it comes to Torah learning. How much more so if we talk about secular wisdoms and knowledge. If a person is studying medicine and they're analyzing a particular sickness to try to come up with a cure for it, and the person comes up with the wrong answer, with, an, with something that's not true, that's invalid, what is his chachma helping us? Just the opposite. This person could be responsible for murdering people, killing people, because, with, with his analysis. He came up with an analysis, he came up with a new idea that this is the proper cure for this type of ailment. And he wrote a book on it, and the book with, and, and people are following it and dying in the pro- getting killed in the process. And so too regarding all types of knowledge. Iker emes. The most important factor in knowledge is truth. To be to get to understand and realize the truth about whatever you're studying, whether it's music, whether it's engineering, whatever type of chachma person is studying. Rab Nosanzal says there's another address in Likutei Alochis where he talks about, he elaborates on this, which is in Orachayim, in Hilchas Pesach Halochazayim, 
also based on this chapter in Likutei Maran, chapter 7. Nimtza, we conclude therefore, Kol ma amita sadover, when a person with their mind and brain and intellect comes to get to know the truth about something, the truth about how a plant grows, or whatever it is, ze nikra emes, that's called emet. And those things which we cannot understand, we know them to be true, but we have no rational explanation of it. We cannot understand why it is, but rather the person can only accept it with faith, that goes under the category of emunah. Avol emes ve'emunah b'sharoshon shnei hemechod. However, these two seemingly very different things, in their origin, where they originate from Hashem, they're, they're really one. Hashem is emes and Hashem is emunah. Ki ikr ho emes, and the Torah is emes and emunah. Ki ikr ho emes voha emunah, hu lodas oiso yisporach, because the, the most important truth and faith is regarding recognition of Hashem, recognition of the Torah, recognition of the truth tzaddikim. That's where this MS and Emuna really applies the most. That's the ultimate purpose of us in this world. That's why man was created. That's why Hashem created man. As it says clearly in Yirmiyanavi, the three categories. The, let the intelligent people don't pride yourself with your intellect, and the strong people don't pride yourself with your strength, and the rich people don't pride. Don't take pride in your wealth. The only thing that a person can really take pride in, what really counts, because those other things go away. A person dies, and their, their strength is gone, and their wealth is gone. And It's about knowing and understanding Hashem. It's all about recognition and knowledge of Hashem. That's what a person can be proud of. And for a person to achieve a real understanding of Hashem and the Torah and the Tzadikim is impossible without combining MS and Emunah. Why? Why can't, why can't it just be, why can't I just see the truth? Why can't, why couldn't Hashem make it that we should be able to see everything? Why does he have to play this game with us that we don't see and we, and we have to believe? The answer is, because for us to be able to see the truth with our eyes, physical eyes, or with our, in our mind, for us to be able to understand everything, is definitely impossible. It would be too bright a light. It would blow our mind. We know there are people who blow their minds sometimes 
when they try to study too deeply, that kind of thing, and their brain can't handle it. You have it on a physical level. If a person, the concept of being awake and being asleep. Awake, emes, we said, is referred to as light. Emuna is absence of light. Emuna is in what you don't see, what you don't understand. Emes and emuna are day and night. If a person decides, what, who wants night? Who wants darkness? I want to learn. I want to just keep learning. I, I want to just keep, uh, keep going. And a person will do that. What's going to happen? They're going to drop dead. If a person doesn't sleep at night, if they don't change the channel from MS to Emuna, they're going to die. They're either going to physically going to die or they're going to blow their mind. Either one of the two. Because we cannot handle just MS alone, the light of that there should be only MS without Emuna. Because the Zohar Kodesh says, no human mind can comprehend Hashem fully. And as the Zohar Kodesh says, After a person analyzed and saw, What do you see? What do you know? What do you understand? Meaning, with all the knowledge that we have, we mentioned this many times, that the Baal Shem Tev HaKadosh says, Toiras Hashem Temima. The Torah of Hashem is complete. And compared to, let's say, you have a cup with cream filled to the top, and it's filled to the top. And we know somebody sticks a spoon in and takes out some of it, so it, it, they took out some of it. The Baal Shem Tev said, the Torah is complete. With the thousands or millions of books on Torah that have been written the past 5,783 years, they haven't even penetrated the surface yet. Because again, the Torah is infinite. Hashem is infinite. In infinity, a, a person who has a thousand or a billion aren't any closer to the finish line, if we're talking about infinity. al therefore, Tzrichen Lismoich Rak Al-Emuna. A person has to be able to realize we don't know, we don't understand, and therefore I'm relying, especially on faith. As we receive the tradition from our parents and grandparents and from our forefathers. And so too it is impossible for a Jew to really understand the reason for any mitzvah, because the mitzvahs are one with Hashem. Whereby it's impossible for us to really understand the reasons for the mitzvahs while we're in this world, while we are in this body. As it says clearly in Tehillim, chapter 119, L'chol tichla ra'isi kates, regarding everything, I see an end, but rechava mitzvah but the mitzvahs of Hashem, they are very wide. There, there's no end. It's a bottomless ocean. No, no boundaries. It's infinite. V'chein kedushas ha-tzadikim amitiyim, and so too the holiness of the true tzadikim, we cannot fathom, we cannot understand. Because their, their ways are way above ours. 
Kihain medamim tsura liyotsra. As the Medrash says, they emulate Hashem. They emulate, the, with their soul, they emulate their Creator. V'nichlolim boyisporach. And they connect to Hashem so deeply that they become kaviyocha, like, like part of Hashem. And therefore we cannot understand all of the ways of the tzaddikim, everything that tzaddikim do with our intellect. And therefore we have to be able to rely on and depend on our faith. Avol. However, ein shleimus emuna The emuna, the faith, is not complete without truth. Ki emuna Because faith without truth is nothing. Ki Because without truth, a person can fall into false beliefs. Believing in things that are false and fake. All kinds of silly, foolish beliefs. Therefore, the foundation of emuna, faith, has to be truth. What does that mean? A person who is looking at the truth a person who is real and looking at the truth always, not, not fake, not false, not lying, not looking to fool anybody, not putting on any false pretenses. That person can be privileged to achieve the true holy faith. <coughs> because the person's honesty and integrity is what shines a light for him, is what shows him what's real faith and what's fake faith, what's false faiths. And Rav Nosazal says he explains this more elaborately in that Hilchas Pesach that we mentioned earlier. How is a person to this level of honesty and truth to get rid of all the fake and falseness in, when we're surrounded by it? This world is called Oilam HaSheker. How in the world can I possibly go against the tide? And the answer is by coming close to Tzadikim umekablim atsosom and receiving and accepting their advice and guidance. Shehein bechinas emes. That's truth. And that engraves into the person truth, honesty. And then the person is to real, holy faith. And to distance themselves from all kinds of false beliefs. Because the words of the true tzaddikim, when the true tzaddikim are teaching Torah, or when they're speaking in general, their words are packages of emes and emuna. That's what their words are really all about. 
And it's through their words that they infuse truth into the world. To help people move away, distance themselves from false beliefs. And to attach ourselves to holy faith. Because even though faith, the term emuna applies only to what you don't understand and what you don't see, despite that, a person who really looks for the truth, is searching for the truth, that person will be able to see and to understand the difference between the holy faith that we received from our forefathers, going all the way back to Avraham Avinu, and then generations later, Moshe Rabbeinu came along, and he gave us the Torah with incredible miracles that were performed during those times. That had never been heard before or seen before in the world. As it says in Chumash Dvorim, did any nation ever hear anything like what the Jews heard at Mount Sinai? Ask. Go back to previous generations, study, see, did anyone ever see the kind of miracles that Moshe Rabbeinu performed for the Jews when they left Egypt and at Har Sinai? Was anything like this ever heard of? Did anything like this ever happen? Atem Reisem. Now look what the Pasuk says. You saw, you saw with your own eyes, you saw those miracles, v'chulu, etc., and therefore, a person who is really honest and searching for the truth properly, that person will be able to see the difference between holy faith, which we just described, levein hahepech, versus the opposite, lahavdil ba'alfi alofim v'rivarovas havdolis, to millions of times different from that, ho'emunois kuzviyah shel shtus vehevel, the foolish, false beliefs Shekiblu mimi shekiblu, who the other nations received from whoever they received, from their false prophets. Whereby their falseness and fakeness is, is revealed to all. People, people know about it. As is very well known and, and public knowledge. The tipach rucham venishmosam and may the, the spirits, the divine spirits of those people who deny the existence of Hashem, those Jews who deny the existence of Hashem, you know, where those, the, the, again, the founders of the reform movement who lived during Rabnosan's time, they were into this 
ecumenical stuff, you know, that the Jewish religion is one of multiple religions, and we study all religions, we respect all religions, they're all, they all have validity and truth, and they're all meaningful, and, and they try to put the Jewish religion exactly in the same category, not one iota above or different from any other religions. Rav says, Tipach Rucham, they should come to an end. As is very well known to those who study the, the direction that that reform movement was going in. And this isn't the place to elaborate on this. The truth is obvious and clear to those who, real, who want the real truth. Rav Nassim, how should we, as Breslovers, relate to other tzaddikim and other tamadei chachamim that are not connected to the tzaddik emes, and <clears throat> is there potentially a danger in, in learning from them if they're not really connected to the tzaddik emes? It's a delicate question. The answer is that that there isn't, if they are tzaddikim, then there is not a danger from learning, learning from them, if they are tzaddikim. The Breslava rabbis that I knew studied all Sifrei Hasidus and all Sifrei Halacha, and you know, they stayed away from Sforim that are based on philosophy, Sforim that are, even if they're authored by rabbis, respected rabbis. We give the example of the Rambam, one of the greatest giants in Torah and, and in re, one of the most respected Jewish leaders you know, in the past 2,000 years. And, and Rabbi Nezal and many other tzaddikim took a position of being selective, that it's only certain books that the Rambam wrote that they classified as being treif, forbidden, non-kosher, keep back 2,000 miles. And within the Yad HaChazaka, for example, within the, the basis of, of our Hebrew law today, of the Shulchan Aruch, which the Rambam was the one who compiled, who took the, the Gemara, all of the Talmud Bavli, Yerushalmi, Medra, and, and other sources, and sorted it by topic, and organized it, and presented it in, in a final, in, in the result of a final opinion. 99% of that is highly respected and accepted and studied by all of these, by, by the Hasidish masters, you know, and the, all the tzaddikim. There's certain pieces, Hilchas Deus, and certain other places where Rabbi Nezal and other tzaddikim said that because there the Rambam involved philosophy, this, his study of Aristotle, Yamach Shemoy, and other philosophers, and included their opinions and ideas in those areas, those areas we don't study, certain selected areas, but the rest respected. Now, in terms of direction, a person starting out in becoming religious, or a person wanting to make a leap of faith like, to, to jump to, to become much more religious, if the person isn't really knowledgeable and really grounded, by studying many different paths, they're going to end up with confusion then they're going to end up with confusion without a clear direction for themselves and their families. So there definitely is... Person, some people think, well, if one Hasidic Sefer is good, 
two is even better. If one rabbi is good, then two rabbis is even better. But the Gemara warns about that. The Gemara says that a pot that's being what a pot that's on the stove and two people are watching it, that pot will never be hot and never be cold. Because each person is going to say, well, the, the other person's watching it, so I don't really have to be, I'm not fully responsible. There is a tremendous benefit to choosing a rabbi, choosing a path, a clear direction, and trying to stick to that path. That doesn't mean a person isn't allowed to learn others for him. Again, a knowledgeable person who has chosen a path, when they look at others for him, they see, number one, they see the beauty there, they see the additional insights there, and very often they're able to see how it connects to the path that they're on, the path that they're learning, the Torah that they're learning, that kind of thing, and it can be beneficial. If a person is not that knowledgeable, then there's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of, and again, there are people, there's this concept of klal chasidi. There are people who don't want to commit, and they don't want to label. They don't, because they feel a label is a limited thing. A label shows that I'm not, I'm not Hashem. Hashem is multi-multi, and I'm multi-multi too. So to say that I have one rabbi, that makes me small. You know, to say I'm, I have 30 rabbis, you know, I learned from 30 rabbis. But, but if a person, in terms of defining a path in life, if they're learning from 30 rabbis, very often they're going to be weak in all 30 years. The, the sultan's going to play with them. So then even though Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman says that his spoiletus is so critical and can't do without it, well, other Sfarim don't stress it as much or the same way. Or there are even people who speak against it. And I'm learning from everybody, so I'm learning from nobody. Sometimes. Sometimes it leads to a lack of commitment versus this issue of commitment. Rav Nassim spoke speaks about this in Likut HaLochas and Hilch Shabbos, where he says that a person who's lost, he quotes a halacha in, in Shulchan Aruch, in Hebrew law, that if a person is lost and, and in the wilderness and they lost track of time and they, they forgot, they, they don't know what day it is, what day of the week it is, and they don't know which day is Shabbos, what do they do? The halacha says... That they're supposed to, that every day they're supposed to refrain from work, refrain from violating Shabbos to whatever extent they can, other than what they need to travel, to get out of the wilderness. They're allowed to keep moving to get out of the wilderness, and every day try not to do any violations of Shabbos. One day they pick a day, and that day is Shabbos 100%. And they try to keep moving to get out of the wilderness. Once they get out of the wilderness, if they discover that the day that they picked the Shabbos was the wrong day, they're not a criminal. They didn't do anything wrong. They did the right thing. From that point on, they switch to to the real Shabbos, the real day of Shabbos. That's part of the search for Shabbos. Shabbos is another term for truth. The Gemara says Shabbos... It, that on Shabbos, even an Amoritz is afraid to lie. When the Gemara speaks about the laws of Demai, being allowed to purchase food from an Amoritz, and you don't know, did he take trumas and maestros from it, etc. So the Gemara says that Shabbos, even an Amoritz is afraid to lie on some. So Shabbos is a symbol of emes and a symbol of emuna. A person shows their faith in Hashem by observing Shabbos. Rav Nosazal explains there, if a person's in a wilderness... They're in the, and they don't know which day is Shabbos, they don't know which tzaddik is the tzaddik, because the tzaddik, which, which is the real truth, 
because the tzaddik is called Shabbos. Rabbi Shimon Bar students called, they said, you're the Shabbos, we're the six days of the week. You're the source of blessing, we receive all of our blessing from you. So Rabbi Nassim says, the person has to keep all the days Shabbos. Meaning, respect all tzaddikim, to respect all the tzaddikim. Pick one, pick one that you're choosing to accept as your rabbi, your guide, for that, at that particular time, and to go with it. But at the same time, respecting all tzaddikim, not speaking against in any way any tzaddikim. When the rabbi, if the person at a certain point in time comes to a realization that that wasn't the Shabbos, I thought that that was the rabbi that has the, the most accurate truth, and I find that it's not the case. He's allowed to switch. He's allowed to change to a different rabbi and then accept that one as the Shabbos. And I've come across many people in the past 50 years, in my experience, many people who started out, some of them started out in reform, conservative, get, and to get to orthodox. And some started out in a certain level of orthodoxy to get to a higher level of orthodoxy. A Jew is not, and, and unfortunately you have cases where people get married and they're at a certain point in their connection to Hashem and their, in their observance of, of religion. And then at one point, one of them starts moving. The, the husband or the wife starts growing. And the other spouse says, hey, I didn't marry I." I married you at this, you know, on this level of religion. I didn't. You didn't marry a cow. You married a human being. A human being is supposed to move. A human being is called a hoylech, moving, a moving target. A human being is supposed to be improving and growing every single day, on all levels, spiritually, mentally, in all, in their relationships with with their spouse and with with fellow human beings, and especially in the relationship with Hashem. So this is something, this quest, this search for MS and Emuna is a lifelong search. And there are infinite levels, and a person every day of our lives, we're trying to go a little higher by learning more Torah, by praying more, by doing more mitzvahs, we're trying to advance in this ladder called MS Vemuna, which is another word for Torah, which is another word for Hashem. Wishing everyone a wonderful day. Tomorrow is Erev Shabbos Kodesh. We're getting close to the finish line of the week. To absorb what we're learning and not to fool ourselves, not to fool ourselves and not to fool anybody. To, to know who we are and who we aren't and to be searching all the time for praying, pleading with Hashem that in this Olam HaSheker, Hashem, show me the Emes. Show me the Emes in my relationship with my family, with, with everything in life. And be zeichet to contribute in our way to the Gula Shleimah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rabbi Nassim.